Wow. This story about alleged serial killer Bruce MacArthur, it is really... Uh, I mean, every day there's something new. Today we're finding out that police officers who had uh, MacArthur under surveillance on January 18th at around uh, 1025 a.m., they didn't take any chances when they saw him and a young man enter his 19th floor Thorncliffe apartment building. And the decision was, okay, uh, is surveillance done? Do we go in and make the arrest? And that's when they chose to go in, make the arrest. When they busted down the door, they stormed in. Inside, they found many items that they say have become uh, relevant to the case. But nothing more shocking than the young man tied up in the on the bed in MacArthur's room. So they cut him loose. They checked him out medically. And he was okay. But I would imagine... Uh, what a what a possible close call. I mean, what a terrifying moment. Um, it's just shocking. And I think, you know, everyone is talking about this, not only because the police finally came out and actually used the word serial killer, but now he has been charged with five uh, counts of first degree murder. And so it looks like we have allegedly another uh, serial killer in our midst. I mean, this goes beyond television shows like, you know, Manhunter and Dexter and movies like Silence of the Lambs, you know, where we are literally inundated with serial killers and terms like unsub and stressor. They roll off our tongues like we are all criminologists, but how much of it do we really know? So the news of this alleged serial killer, Bruce MacArthur's arrest, has everyone talking. I thought we better talk to an expert. We've got Ju Young Lee, who's Associate Professor of Sociology from UFT, joins us on the line. Welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. So off the hop, let's start off at the basics. What actually classifies someone as a serial killer? So a serial killer is someone who's killed three or more people um, at separate events with a cooling off period in between. Um, this is the definition that the FBI relies upon, um, but it's, it's pretty vague. It casts a very broad umbrella. And so somebody who is a mafia hitman or a gang member who has killed multiple people over time would also fit within that kind of purview. Um, but there are colleagues that I work with, one of whom is named Sasha Reed, who has done some work that has tried to expand this definition to include motivations. And, and Sasha Reed argues that instead of looking at just the sheer number of people that uh, a person kills and the timing of these kills, we should be really paying attention to uh, their psychological motivations for doing so. But how do we find out the motivations? I guess you have to catch the serial killer um, and then hope that they're going to talk. Sure, and that's one of the other, I guess, limitations of much of our knowledge about serial killers is that it's based in large part on people who are incarcerated, who by definition are, if you want to call them this, failed serial killers. Um, And then as you brought up, there is this challenge of getting people to talk and to confess to their crimes. There are a number of cases where people refuse to talk and they they only are, uh, they only ever admit to the 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 cases that they um, that police have evidence of, and we never hear about cases that they might be implicated in. Um, but there are other cases where people are pretty forthcoming. So, for example, when Jeffrey Dahmer was captured in Milwaukee, he was very forthcoming with police and detectives about his role in multiple homicides. Um, and at that point, at least, expressed remorse for what he had done, but also said that he was under, um, that he could not resist 
these deep urges that, uh, you know, forced him to go out and kill. We're always hearing about, you know, serial killers and, and how a lot of them have a higher level of intelligence. Is that true? Is there any truth to that? There's some truth, but um, like many of our popular ideas about serial killers, um, this is only a par- partial truth. So there are some examples of serial killers like Ed Kemper, uh, also known as the co-ed killer, who was tested as a genius. Mm. Uh, Ted Bundy, who many people have heard about, uh, one of the most notorious serial killers in American history, was a budding law school student. Um, but the idea that all serial killers are somehow criminal masterminds is something that's in large part uh, reified and reproduced by Hollywood and movies and TV shows where we see people like Hannibal Lecter, who's this diabolical genius um, but that's simply not the case. There are many other serial killers who are tested at average or even below average intelligence as well. We just don't hear about them because they don't conform to that that sort of caricature stereotype image. Uh, one criminologist has suggested that um, Bruce, the alleged serial killer in this case, Bruce MacArthur, is, you know, he doesn't fit the known demographic for serial killers. A serial murderer, he said, is widely thought to be male 18 to 26, and by 35 offenders are aging out. MacArthur, 66. Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit unusual if we think about the broad distribution of serial killers by age. Um, But one thing to remember is that there are many, many different cold cases throughout Canada and the United States um, where nobody was ever caught. And in these cases, it's presumable at least, and this is just a presumption that a person keeps offending well into the life course, but they're just never captured by police because they're able to evade police. So if no one's ever caught, how do we know it's the work of a serial killer and not several people? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And that's that's one of the challenges that police have to deal with, because oftentimes serial killers don't kill in the same place. They move around or they kill in different locales. Um, and so that requires police to really share information with each other. Um, and that's the clearest way, I think, that law enforcement is able to connect the dots and, and, and put people together as part of a serial killing chain. So does it, it sounds like they would rely a lot on human error and lack of communication. Yeah, I think serial killers are, I mean, one thing that we do know is that serial killers are, are often very planned and organized about how they kill. And in addition to preying upon vulnerable populations, i.e. sex workers, i.e. members of the LGBT community, i.e. racialized minorities, um, they also rely on the fact that um, in order for a serial homicide chain to sort of emerge, um, police have to be able to link multiple disappearances to a single person. And this becomes tremendously difficult when serial killers travel and when they kill in different places, because that requires, again, people to share information um, and the collaboration of different police departments, which is often sometimes difficult. And in this case, with uh, alleged uh, serial killer Bruce MacArthur, there were no bodies off the uh, the start of this investigation. You know, Toronto cops are saying they're, they're you know, calling this unprecedented, this case. They're baffled based on the number of crime scenes that they have to process. I mean, they, he had five different properties that he had access to. And then when you bring in all his clients, they're looking at 30 different places. Do serial killers tend to cover a large territory like this geographically? Um, you know, do, do a lot of them tend to use numerous properties? There are, there are examples of that. I mean, there are also examples of 
serial killers like Robert Picton, probably the most infamous Canadian serial killer who used one property, his pig farm, as the main site where he killed and disposed of his victims. Um, but there are other examples, too, of serial killers who travel around. Uh, for a while, the FBI was investigating truck driving and, and, and was noting the large incidents of serial killers who were also truck drivers, which they sort of called the the ideal occupation for a serial killer because it's a person who's always on the go. Um, there are other serial killers like Israel Keys, an American serial killer who deliberately avoided killing people in the same city because he knew that that would increase his chances of getting caught, and so he moved around. Um, there's a lot of variety, I guess, is the short way to answer that. Um, you brought up Robert Picton, so I'd just like to, to talk about him for a second. I know that he had that farm out in B.C., and one of the... Um, the details in um, his in his crime spree is that he would murder these women and then feed them to the pigs, and then he would sell his neighbor's bacon or give away, you know, cuts of, of that pig meat to neighbors. You know, immediately when I heard about the fact that uh, alleged serial killer Bruce MacArthur, they suspect that he put body parts into planters and then was hiding them on uh, possibly a client's property— um, what does that say about collecting trophies? You know, uh, are the body would the could, could the body parts and planters be as much as hiding them as it were as you know keeping them? Uh, there's a possibility. There's also a possibility that um, in this case, and again, I don't know if um, the gentleman MacArthur is is guilty or not. But sure. The person who is responsible for hiding these bodies. There's a chance that um, this person is also getting a rush out of hiding in plain sight mm-hmm. and sort of testing the boundaries of their own uh, culpability and their ability to evade the law. We see this time and time again that many serial killers, in addition to getting a rush out of hurting others and controlling others, um, also get a rush out of being able to constantly outsmart the police or, or, or push the limits of getting caught. So this could be one of those things as well. Sure. The Zodiac Killer, uh, Ted Kaczynski, all sent letters. Um, Has any alleged serial killer ever been caught with a possible victim in in their presence? Because we're finding out that um, Bruce MacArthur was arrested and he had a young man tied to his bed when the cops busted in on January 18th. Yeah, there are a number of cases of that. Um, one of the ones that I guess immediately comes to mind is a guy that was known, as, he was, his nickname was the Dating Show Killer or the Dating Game Killer, this guy named Rodney Alcala. Um, he was initially arrested on suspicion of attempted homicide. Um, he was, uh, you know, he had kidnapped a small girl from one of the beaches in Southern California and a police officer broke in in the process of him assaulting that, that young young girl. Um, so there are a lot of cases that are sort of tipped off that way as well. Well, I really appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us and uh, giving us some insight into, you know, the commonalities and uh, the differences between serial killers and what makes a serial killer. It's been super informative. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. That is uh, Ju Young Lee. He's a serial killer expert and associate professor of sociology at U of T.